0: Thank you. Wow. Someone just say fire, fire. Freedom. freedom, breakthrough, breakthrough. No, limits. no limits. Man, I like that offering thing you guys got. The last two lines were breakthrough, no limits. It's a joy to be back. i got a team with me. Why do the team stand up? Three students from the Bethel School of Supernatural <laughs> Ministry, third-year students there, and they're traveling with me on this trip and been just doing a great job this weekend. We, we started in Pickerington on Thursday night and did Friday night meeting here and Saturday morning and last night and just uh, excited to be here today. They're going to help me close today and just They've been praying over you, and I am looking forward to what they're going to release over you. How many have never heard me speak before? Just want to get a feel for that. Uh, A few of you, and I'll introduce myself. I'm, I'm on staff at Bethel Church in Redding, California. Been there since 2008. I'll share some of my story with you today about how I got saved and the ministry that we have, Igniting Hope Ministries. I, I work in a department at Bethel called the Bethel Leaders Network, which is a part of Bethel that leaders, especially church leaders who want more of what's at Bethel in their lives and what they're leading, they can access through that. We have online curriculums and other means to strengthen and connect leaders. I travel about half the year I've become a spiritual wine connoisseur. I love to come into a city and region, and the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. I love to taste the unique goodness of God in different regions, different cities, in different churches. And I've I've been coming to Zion for a long time. And I love the spiritual wine here. Mm, it's a it's a good vintage. It's kind of powerful too. And and just love Jim and Mary. Love the team. Just know you guys have such a key role in what God's doing around the world. And and it's an honor to be able to to sow into you. And my wife and I also have we have a ministry called Igniting Hope Ministries and. Our assignment is to ignite hope. And there's no hopeless circumstances, there's just hopeless people. I want to say that again. There's no hopeless circumstances, there's just hopeless people or people who do not have hope. If something's going to change, somebody's going to get hope. Hope is the belief that the future will be better than the present and I have the power to help make it so. Hope is the belief that the future will be better than the present, and I have the power to help make it so. Hope is an unstoppable force. Hope is an unstoppable force. I believe after love, hope is the most powerful, leadership, influential quality there is. Of all the skills of leadership, you know, love's number one, I believe hope's number two. Uh, our hope level determines our influence level. He has the most hope is the most influence. God loves to partner with unreasonably optimistic people. Can you imagine David going after Goliath today? Hey, David, before you attack Goliath... We're just looking on our phones here, and we're reading what the experts are saying. The experts are saying you're being unreasonably optimistic. They're saying you shouldn't have such high beliefs. They're saying that you should just go back to the fields and just take care of sheep And make it your life goal that you can just pay your bills every month. Ha ha. Because what the experts are saying is that you're actually going to get killed. Let's just laugh at that, by the way. (laughs) Ha ha. Ha (laughs) ha. Hey, Ezekiel. Ezekiel. For he prophesied of those dry bones. We just want to let you know what the experts are saying. (laughs) The experts are saying you must not know how dry they really are. Or you wouldn't be so optimistic. They're suggesting you do a deeper study on the bone's dryness. (laughs) So that you'll become more realistic. Because what the experts are saying, when you speak to the bones, nothing is going to happen. Let's laugh at that as well. (laughs) Ha ha! God hasn't called us to be realistic; He's called us to be supernatural. I love that story, Ezekiel thirty-seven. I mean, God shows Ezekiel a valley of very dry bones. Say, very dry. And He asked him a question. Ezekiel, can these bones live? And Ezekiel, he gives the safest answer of all time. Oh, Lord God, you know. (laughs) (laughs) You know. You know if they can live. I find it interesting the Lord didn't say, Hey, Ezekiel, watch me prophesy. Watch me. I'm going to prophesy. You, you step aside over there, Ezekiel. Yeah, you're waiting for me to do something. Uh-huh. All right, I'm going to prophesy. No, God says, hey, Ezekiel, you prophesy. I want you, I want you to tell the bones they're going to live. I want you tell them they're going to live. And, and it started this chain reaction. He said, he said, thus saith the Lord God, you know, uh, you shall live. And it started this chain reaction of just bones rattling until they became an exceeding great army. And God has to partner with somebody who has hope to accomplish his will. And I'm, I'm, I'm in the room today with hopeologists. I'm in the room today, I mean, people... There may be some who are here, you're feeling hopeless, and I've been there, I understand that, but you're not going to stay there. You're not going to stay there. Just say, I'm not going to stay there. You're not going to stay there. I mean, uh, you you wouldn't be in this room unless God had hope for you. He wouldn't waste a seat on you (laughs) unless there's a future and a hope for you. We're we're gonna go after some hope today, and yeah, I want you to say this after me. Say, God brought me here this morning because He believes in me more than I believe in myself. He's preparing me for something bigger than I know. Something's happening in me this morning it's supernatural. It's It's going to increase. It's going to to influence the nations, nations. and I'll never be the same again. I love to have people say things because it gives God something to work with. If something's going to happen, something has to be spoken. I wrote a book called Declarations, Unlocking Your Future, and it gives 30 biblical reasons why we make declarations. I mean, the worlds were created with a declaration. Holy Spirit's hovering over the face of the deep, waiting in Genesis 1, waiting for something to work with. Then God said, boom. He said, let, he didn't say boom. <laughs> he said, let there be light, then boom. Yeah. Jesus started his ministry with a declaration in, in Luke 4. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me. He's anointed me. Preach good news to the poor. Proclaim liberty to the captives. He, he, he declared what he was going to do before he did it. Yeah, yeah. God has just, you know, he, he hasn't called us to be thermometers in our life. He's called us to be thermostats. And that's why we have to say something higher than what we're experiencing to experience something higher. I used to be only a thermometer in my thinking and talking. I'd only say what I was experiencing and feeling. I'm tired. Everybody's tired. We're as tired. We're poor. This area is hard for the gospel. Government's going down the tubes. Every time I move forward in God, I get attacked by the devil. He called me on that one. He says, hey, Steve, how come you say every time you move forward in me, you get attacked by the devil? Uh, Well, Lord, the reason I say every time I move forward in you, I get attacked by the devil, is because every time I move forward in you, I get attacked by the devil. That's why I say it. That's why I say it. He said it's true for you, but it's not truth. It's true for you because all you come into agreement is with your past, and you keep repeating your past. All you renew your mind with, you don't renew your mind with anything higher than what you're experiencing. You just renew your mind with your experience, and you keep repeating it, and you create doctrines and identities out of it. He said, I'm going to break that thing off you because where you're going, you can't take that with you. He said, how come you talk more about the attack of the devil than my protection? Uh, Well, Lord, (laughs) you know, if I saw more of your protection, I'd talk about it more. I got an idea for you. Why don't you you start talking about it more and you're going to see it? Whatever you talk a lot about, you'll see more of. James 3 says our, our 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 words are the tongue is like a bit in a horse's mouth and a rudder on a ship. Our words are directing agents of our lives. Whatever you want to see more of, talk a lot about it now. You want to see more tiredness? Just talk about how tired you are all the time. You want to see more souls saved? Just talk about how easy it is for souls to be saved around Columbus. You want to have more attack of the devil? Just talk about the attack of the devil. I mean, there's enough challenge in life uh, anyway, let alone having faith for the devil to attack us. I got enough issues to deal with, let alone having faith for the devil to attack me every day. <laughs> I to get frustrated at worship leaders. Because he'd me repeat the same phrase over and over again. <laughs> oh, I'm over. I just. <laughs> Talking to the Lord about it, he says, well, Steve, that's the only way I can get you to say it. <laughs> only way I can get you to say something higher than what you're experiencing is if it has music. <laughs> I got to get you to say it without music. You ever think about some of the things we sing? I mean, it's like, what's it say in reckless love? His love is just chasing me down. His goodness goodness is chasing me down. Say that without music. (laughs) Why don't you say, His goodness is chasing me down? (laughs) Oh, oh, wow. Man, way maker, miracle worker. Promise keeper, light in the darkness. That is who you are. That is who you are. That is who you, that is who you are. That is, I'm saying it 40 times. That's who you are. It's who you are. Man, I keep saying Faith comes by hearing. I keep singing. I'm about the 20th time in, I say, hey, I'm actually starting to believe this. I'm actually starting to, oh, there's something happening in me. I'm actually starting to believe he's my way maker. He's a miracle worker for me. Something's happening. You can't change your life without changing how you talk. The future is in the mouths of intentional speakers. The future's in the mouths of intentional speakers, and and I'm in the room with high-level influencers. Just say I'm a high-level influencer. (laughs) It's risky starting to say, and I'll share this a little bit today. I'll talk about strongholds, but the strongholds in our mind, when you start saying things higher than what you are experiencing, it puts pressure on your stronghold. puts pressure there. I remember when I was uh, hardly influenced, I was in Nevada pastoring a, a rural church, and the Lord says, I want you to start saying you radically influence nations. I say, hey, Lord, shouldn't I wait until I'm radically influencing nations before I say I'm radically influencing nations? Ha ha. He said, well, do you wait for an apple tree to have apples on it before you call it an apple tree? No. No, even if it dies before it ever has apples, we're not confused on its identity. At its funeral, we would say, Brother Apple Tree led a short life. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. <laughs> <laughs> we're not confused. So, you don't get your identity out of what you've done, you get your identity out of what you're created to do. I don't get my identity out of what I'm done. I get my identity out of what I'm created to do. I'm created to influence nations. I'm created to do relationships well. So we say thank you, Lord, for just causing us to break off. I mean, if we're speaking word curses over our life, how many know that's just a bad idea? Negative conclusions, I can't do this, this will never change. We just say thank you, Lord, for just breaking that tendency off us and help us, God. And, you know, just, um, by the way, just, just even some things I'm, I'm sensing today, I just, just want, want to speak over you. Um, I'm just hearing just a few random things. I'm hearing that Mark 5 holds the answer for somebody in the room. I'm hearing that God is bringing healing to families today. He's bringing healing to families today. Somebody is, um, there, there's grace on your life to forgive, and, and you're actually going to find yourself letting go of something you haven't been able to let go of for a long time. And the Holy Spirit today, there's just there's powerful grace for that. doors are opening increasingly into the educational system for people in this room also hearing that uh, somebody has got a great anointing to influence uh, cheerleaders and gymnasts <laughs> and that's going to a whole other level that's going to a whole other level it's going to influence much more than you th- than you think That seemed to resonate some more. <laughs> Once you turn to your neighbor and say, "You're not going to be the same again after this meeting." I want to share my story today, and these are some things I've shared here before. And, and then I, I want to just give a foundation for by sharing my story, and then I want to end by just, just, just giving you a couple really powerful keys and tools to help you in this season. This is, this, by the way, this is going to be the best decade in the history of mankind, <laughs> 2020. I believe this. If we believe anything else, that's, then our thinking, is, it's going to get upgraded. Because uh, <clears throat> our future is as bright as the promises of God. Yes. Our future is as bright as the promises of God. And any less belief that this is, this is not going to be the greatest decade for us, for the world, then, then, then I believe that's under the influence of a lie. Now... My, I haven't always thought that, and, and, and sometimes I still don't think that. I, I slip into lower-level beliefs, but I don't stay there as long. And, and I'll just share my story with you. I, I grew up on the north coast of California near Eureka in redwood tree country. I, my dad was a redwood tree timber faller. I didn't know the Lord as a boy. I met my wife, Wendy, when I was a senior in high school. She was a junior in high school. Neither of us knew Jesus. I graduated high school, became a hippie, actually had hair. <laughs> and we did, Wendy and I did things that hippies do. Ha <laughs> ha. And we tried all kinds of things to fill the vacuum in our heart the spiritual vacuum, and things, you know, for a moment, for a little while, seemed to fit, but they didn't last, and then finally met Jesus. Someone say, yay. Yay. And found out this, there's no high like the most high. And my belief system at that time was if I went to church didn't feel saved and I didn't think I was saved, and I'd go up and get saved again just to make sure. Then the Lord said, Steve, I've got good news for you. You are saved even when you don't feel saved. I said, wow, that's amazing. It's amazing. I thought feelings were the highest indicator of truth there was. Let's laugh at that by the way. <laughs> by the way, I like to laugh at things, and laughter breaks off, breaks off bad beliefs. If you ever to laugh at bad beliefs, they, it starts to disempower them. So we'll do some laughing today. How about let's just... Let's just laugh at this lie right here. Um, God loves you, but he does not like you. (laughs) (laughs) Ha (laughs) ha. That's a good one. By the way, somebody in the room is really starting to like themselves, and it's good. Love your neighbors, you love yourself. Yeah, it's funny, I I, I love me, but I don't like me. That's just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. (laughs) So, the first 15 years of our Christian life, we stayed in Assembly of God Church in Fortuna, California, and... There's a season of living in Romans 12, 1, giving our bodies, living sacrifice to the Lord, learning how to surrender our heart, our will, everything to the Lord. Not my will be done, but your will be done. It's a powerful time to just, to just make Jesus Lord. I mean, just I've never done anything God's way and said I wish I wouldn't have done it God's way. Every area of life, God's ways are perfect. His ways are marvelous. You know, and, and sometimes God's ways bring uh, short-term pain as we follow, but it brings long-lasting blessing. That's the way. That's the, the way it is. To, to do the right thing sometimes does cause pain, but it has great benefits for our lives. And uh, that was a season of just learn, learning that. And uh, great church. And we. It was also a season where we heard what Isaiah heard in Isaiah six when he was in an encounter. Say encounter. Just say, this is a year of encounters for me. And Isaiah heard this, who will go for us? Who will go for us? And I remember, whew, I heard that. I mean, preachers would preach that. I'd run to the altar and say, God, I lay it all down again. I lay it down. Whatever you want, I'll go for you. I, 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 I surrender. I remember I was in a camp meeting in Brooks, Oregon, Near Portland, and a guy named Rich Wilkerson was preaching, and he, he gave an altar call for everybody 30 years and younger. He talked about his uncle, Mark Bontane, having a vision, and his generation was, had a baton, and they were running. They were, come, they were the third leg in a relay race, and they were coming around the bend wait, wait, ready to pass the baton to the next uh, next group, and there was nobody to give the baton to. And, and, and I just said, you know, he, and he gave an altar call for 30 and younger. I was over 30, and I, I went down there. And I said, I want to be, I want to get that baton. I want to get that. I, I surrender again. I want you to say, here am I, Lord, send me. Here my Lord, send me. Say it again. Here my Lord, send me. And in 1991, Jehovah Sneaky, anybody ever met Jehovah Sneaky. He sent us to pastor uh, in a place called Round Mountain, Nevada. Let's laugh at that. <laughs> ha ha. High desert, four hours from Reno, four hours from Vegas. Gold mining community. Church about 30 people. We stayed there 10 years. Illogical to go there. Illogical financially. Illogical location-wise. Illogical health of the church when we got there. But we had a word. How I many you oh, know God's not always Logical. How many know on your faith journey you will do things that are not logical? Because you'll have such a word from God, you'll have such a God story that it would take more faith not to do it than to do it. And so, how many know God likes to send people to deserts to teach him how to repent? Ha ha. And one of the best definitions of repentance is to change the way you think. Lord says, Stephen, Wendy, I love your heart for Romans 12.1, but if you're going to see transformation, I have to move you into Romans 12.2. Because Romans 12.2 says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by what? Let's laugh at this lie. Romans 12.2 is actually a mistranslation. (laughs) What Romans 12.2 actually meant to say is be transformed by trying harder. (laughs) (laughs) Ha, ha. Ha, ha The reason this isn't working, the reason you're not seeing transformation is because you're doing something wrong. Ha ha. Now I'm all for doing the right thing. But the kingdom of God is not moved forward by good conduct, it's moved forward by good beliefs. The old covenant was moved forward by good behavior, by the law. New covenants move forward by beliefs. We're called believers. It should tip us off on what we're supposed to be doing. (laughs) Kind of makes sense. The the greatest question to ask the Lord is not, Lord, what should I do? The greatest question to ask the Lord is, what should I believe? What should I believe this year? Mm Mm-hmm. What should I believe about you? What should I believe about me? What should believe about the people in my life? What should I believe about my nation? What should I believe about my future? Tell me what to believe. Tell me what to renew my mind with. I'll tell you this, it, it's probably something higher than what we're thinking now. And he showed us what. Romans 12, 2 says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So he says, even when transformation doesn't come from surrendering your heart, it comes from surrendering your beliefs. My wife, we got married a couple years after we were saved, and my wife's thinking, you know, God just starts talking to her and says, Wendy, will you surrender the beliefs that you're shy, inadequate, and can't speak well in front of others? Will you surrender those beliefs? And she says, but God, that's who I am. And the Lord says, that's who you are. That's not who you are. This is who you've become. And I've watched her surrender. I mean, it didn't happen overnight, but I, I, I watched her start to surrender those and, and, and just to tell me what to believe about me. In tonight's identity session, when we go into tea, it's going to be a powerful time tonight as we talk about identity and inheritance and who, who, we, who, we, who we call ourselves and who we think we are is the second most important question of life, who we think Jesus is as the first question in life and I've watched Wendy surrender that now she's one of the best speakers I know she used to be so shy that if someone you know in high school or even would look at her too long she'd start crying first time she ever spoke in front of a group of people after we got saved she had five minutes to share her testimony she gets up starts crying uh, looks at the people cries sits down and says to herself I'll never speak in front of people again she doesn't say a word And she surrendered. I watched that. And, and, you know, even this morning, I've got good news for you. You're not who your past says you are. You are who God says you are. He showed us John 8, 32, the truth will make you free. Every area of our life where we believe truth in, we get free. Every area of our life where we believe lies, we're not free. We get saved by believing in Jesus. We get free by believing like Jesus. I get saved. By the way, there's people in the room today. I, I've, I sense it. There's, there's seekers in the room today. Somebody or with, who's watching, someone who's crying, saying, God, are you real? I remember when I, when I prayed that before I knew Jesus, I said, God, if you're real, show me. He did. It's a good, dangerous prayer. God, if you're real, show me. And there's somebody, you're you're going to you're going to he's going to show you. But I get saved by believing in Jesus, I get free by believing like Jesus. So the battle is really between lies and truth. I'm not a devil focused Christian, I'm a belief focused Christian. I don't want to be foolish about the devil, and I know there's times where we need to deal directly with the devil. But the devil's not our biggest problem. What we believe is. Because if I believe truth, I get free. And if I'm free, it doesn't sound like the devil's bugging me very much. Just a thought. Even to put on the full armor of God in Ephesians 6, you've got to believe something to get those pieces on. They're all powerful, but the shield of faith, whoo, oh man, shield of good beliefs, whoo, put it up. What's it say? You can quench some of the fiery darts? How, how many? All. all the fiery darts? Now well, that'll mess up some people's theology. So the, the, the question is, how do we know if we're believing a lie? If the battles between lies and truth, because the nature of deception is you just don't know you're, you're b- believing a lie. You don't know you're deceived. So I got an indicator. I was reading a book by a guy named Francis Frangipan called The Three Battlegrounds. And one of the battlegrounds is the mind. And he said this, every area of your life that doesn't glisten with hope, say glisten with hope. Every area of your life doesn't glisten with hope means you're believing a lie, and that area is a stronghold of the devil in your life. (laughs) Yeah, that's how I felt. (laughs) Every area of your life that doesn't glisten with hope means you're believing a lie. And that area is a stronghold of the devil in your life. And I read that, close the book, become instantly discouraged. <laughs> Whew! <laughs> That's discouraging. Because that thing, if I, if I embrace that, I've got to get rid of the victim mindset. Oh, man, I'm not sure I want to do that. Hmm. I was trying to find one area where I got hope in my life, and I can't find one. I mean, this was a season of my life where outwardly we were not very successful. Ha, ha. And I couldn't find one area where I really had hope, let alone glistening hope. didn't even know glistening hope existed. (laughs) Then I prayed a dumb prayer. Oh, God, would you show me every lie that I'm believing? That was foolish. I should have prayed, Lord, show me 10% of the lies I'm believing. Ha-ha. Because I got the revelation almost everything I was believing in my life was a lie, and I was pastoring a church. Yep, let's not laugh at that. I had good doctrine but bad beliefs. I mean, we need good doctrine. Like Jesus is God, the authority of Scripture, salvation by grace through faith. I mean, there's good doctrinal points that we've got to nail down if we're going to be healthy and and, and biblically sound. But you can have good doctrine and still be a mess because we're believing lies about God, believing lies about ourselves, believing lies about others, circumstances, nation, finances, future, family. So he got an indicator. And he showed me Romans 15, 13, which supports that quote. It says, now may the God of hope fill you. Anybody want to get filled by the God of hope? What do you think might happen if the God of hope fills you? Think you might get some hope? (laughs) Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. Hope has two buddies who hang out with him. One's all joy, the other's peace. They always come. You get true hope, you're going to get joy. You're going to get peace. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Say in believing. In believing. And then it goes on to say that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You just you, you start. You, the Holy Spirit starts partnering with your beliefs, and you start abounding. You get an overflow. You get energized. You get the Tigger anointing. I used to have the Eeyore anointing. Nobody wants Pastor Eeyore. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, it's good to see you. Actually, it's not that good to see you. <laughs> I just want to tell you again, <clears throat> things are just going to get worse. <laughs> yep. Your life is just heading down, downhill. Just don't get your hopes up. Yep, let's laugh at that. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. If you boil Romans 15, 13 down to its essence is this, Now may the God of hope fill you in believing. The moment I get filled by the God of hope, the moment I believe truth is the moment I start getting filled by the God of hope. So I believe in truth, woo, get, zzz, get filled, zzz, zzz, believe more truth, zzz, get filled more, zzz, then it gets to my eyes. Woo. whoa, man. I'm starting to see everything differently. Whoa, whoa. I'm asking, ax- hey, I can't even like me. I think, I think, there's, I think there's hope for me. Wow. That's amazing. Hey, the people in my life, they're not as bad as I thought they were either. I think God can even use them. I think God can work in their life. Hey, I think there's hope for my nation. Increasing hope is the evidence we're renewing our mind with truth and not lies. Decreasing hope in our life is the evidence we're renewing our mind with lies and not truth. So our hope level is the indicator of whether we're believing lies or truth. Got a lot of hope, believing a lot of truth. Don't have much hope, believing a lot of lies. Now, there's no condemnation if we're believing lies. But how many of you know if we don't know what our problem is, we have a real problem? <laughs> I didn't know what my problem was. I was beginning to understand what I think is my real problem. Now, He said this, Stephen Wendy, your hopelessness about a problem is a bigger problem than the problem. My hopelessness about a problem is a bigger problem than the problem. Say that with me. My hopelessness about a problem is a bigger problem than the problem. Very good. Let's do it again. My hopelessness about a problem is a bigger problem than the problem. Why don't we say it just a little bit louder? My hopelessness about a problem is a bigger problem than the problem. That's a game changer. That will change your life. When you actually, when I decided to make my lack of hope a bigger enemy to me than the devil, what people were doing in my life, my past, well, when I began, when I made that my enemy, That's when things started to change. That's when I started to get some empowerment in my life. Now, hope is, um, you know, let's just say this. You know, if we're battling a personal area of of weakness that we're struggling with, uh, our lack of hope about that area is even a bigger problem in that area of our life. If we're battling finances and we're hopeless about our finances, our hopelessness about our finances is a bigger problem than our finances. Because if we try to change circumstances and behaviors without changing the beliefs that creating a lack of hope, we're probably not going to see lasting transformation. So asking the Lord, what's the lie that's creating this lack of hope? For instance, if I'm hopeless about my nation, let's laugh at this lie. Your prayers for America are not working. Ha-ha. <laughs> uh-huh. A little nervous laughter on that one. Ha-ha. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. I don't know if that's true. I feel strong. Not... Ha-ha. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> ha My hopelessness about my nation is a bigger problem than anything going on in my nation. If I don't believe that, I've got a problem. Because we can only influence, really, that which we have hope for, whether it's a person, whatever. You know, our hope level uh, determines our influence level. Where we don't have hope, it's very difficult to influence because we've come under something. We're not the head. Not, we're, we're the tail in that situation. So, you know, what's the lie? Well, you know, maybe some lies are why I might be hopeless about my nation is um, uh, just, yeah, the, the basic one. I don't believe my prayers are working. I believe the gates of hell have prevailed against, you know, <laughs> the church and my nation. I believe everything I feel is true. Ha ha. Ha ha. And then just putting it out to the light, that's what I believe. Yeah, I believe my feelings are true. But, and, and sometimes it's amazing when we ask, actually, what do I believe? I, I love I love hope, our ministry is called igniting hope, so it's obvious <laughs> but i like, I like to say this that faith without hope is weird. <laughs> if we try to be a faith person without having hope, it's unhealthy. Good. Good. Let me try to explain it and, and the, the difference, and this may be overly simplistic, but let me explain the difference between as I see faith and hope. Faith says, God's going to do it that way. Hope says, I don't know how God's going to do it, but he's going to do it. Yeah. Faith is very specific while well, hope is more general. Let me give you an example. You know, here, Here's some things. Faith says, I'm going to get married. Hope says, even if I don't get married, I'm still going to thrive in life. Faith says, I want that. That person has to get elected. Hope says, even if that person doesn't get elected, we're going to thrive. Because I'm a person of options. I don't have limited options. Hope people have a lot of options. Faith people say, I've got to get that job or it's all over. Let's just laugh at that, by the way. Hope people say, even if I don't get that job, God's got something better for me. I want you to say, "I have a lot of options." Lot of options. Say it again. Say it lu- louder. You know what? What's what's so powerful is when you have a hope. If you again, if you have faith without hope, it's you, you're we're unhealthy, we're needy, we're uh, we, our our soul's not prospering. But you get you get faith with hope, Woo. then, then you, you actually, it's a more powerful uh, position in life. In and, and, and Romans 4.18, talking about Abraham, it says, it says Ag- Against all hope, in hope, Abraham believed and became the father of many nations. He put the specific promise, you are going to be a father of many nations, into the soil of hope. And hope is an overall optimistic attitude about the future based on the goodness and promises of God. Hope is an overall optimistic attitude about the future based on the goodness and promises of God. Hope people believe they'll thrive no matter what happens. Just say, I'll thrive no matter what happens. Say it again. Say it louder. Hope is the safety net for when what we're believing for in faith does not happen. I'm all for believing in faith. I'm going for things. But hope is the safety net for when what we're believing for in faith does not happen. Hope is a... The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13, now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. Those three things, I mean, I used to have faith and love. But I didn't understand hope. I'm getting it now. I'm getting it now. Hope people are catalytic people. Hope people. I mean, you think about, you know, even in Romans 5 verses 3 and 4, it says, you know, not only that, but we glory in tribulation, knowing that tribulation uh, produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. I mean, it's just like a four-step. Yeah, you want to you grow up? Start glorying in tribulation. Find God in the middle of difficulty. Keep doing it. It's called perseverance. You do it long enough, you get character. Ha uh-huh. ha. You get, you get character. Character is your start, you, you live by core values, not just by your emotions. And I used to think that was the ultimate Christian maturity. But as there's character, then there's hope. There's something beyond character. It's a way of seeing. It's a way of seeing life. God hasn't called us just to be good people. God's called us to be high-level thinkers. You guys good? By the way, something's happening today. Somebody's getting delivered from depression in the room. Somebody, somebody's having a, an actual fireball going into your brain that's actually exploding lies. And in this meeting, it's like, you, I mean, just, you're, you're, just you're, you're getting it. It's like, I get it! I'm getting it! There's a bunch of you, and you'll never be the same again after this meeting. You'll never be the same again because you, you've got it. Turn to your neighbor and say, I think he's talking about you. All right, let me, let me try to, let me try to, I'm gonna to start to descend the plane. <laughs> you know, just buckle your seatbelts here. He showed us uh, 2 Corinthians 10 4 and 5, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds. Someone just go, rah, rah. I'm with the right crowd today, man. I'm with some Christians my mom warned me about. Yeah, you got that look. Not carnal, but mighty in God of the pulling down of song. We, we demolish arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. The most quoted spiritual warfare passage in the Bible is not talking about regional demonic principalities. It's talking about our own thinking. The only command that's given is to change the way you think take captive thoughts. And it doesn't say those, those thoughts are going to come up to you and surrender. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't say, yep, they're going to surrender. Yep, I give up. <laughs> have, and it says strongholds. We don't always stronghold. You know, you know why it's called a stronghold? Because it is a stronghold. <laughs> I know that's profound. It's called stronghold because it's a stronghold. Doesn't want to go. I say, you know what? I'm not going. I like living in your thinking. This is a great home for me. The highest, the, the greatest strongholds blocking the purposes of God are not regional demonic principalities or belief systems in the minds of Christians. I think I'll say that again. I believe it. The greatest strongholds blocking the purposes of God are not regional demonic principalities or belief systems in the minds of Christians. Now, it's illustrated in Judges 6 when Gideon thought differently, the nation got saved. Problem wasn't Baal, Midianites, regional principalities, Gideon's thinking. once Once he surrendered his beliefs, the nation got saved. When I decided to believe I was saved and capture that lie and and demolish the argument that was trying to exalt itself above the knowledge of God that I was, my feelings were the indicator of truth. When I decided to believe I was saved when I didn't feel saved, that was greater spiritual warfare than me rebuking the spirit of Jezebel for 30 minutes. That was Major League Spiritual Warfare. That was Ohio State Buckeye-level spiritual warfare. They're in the elites. So I love, you know, I mean, the weapons, the weapons of our warfare. And, you know, laughter's a weapon. God invented Laughter. Because when you're able to laugh at the lies that are creating the stronghold, you start to disempower the stronghold. Because to laugh, you have to let go of something. And, you know, when you laugh at lies and when you declare things above, above the lies, it puts pressure on the stronghold. Stronghold says, I don't like this! And it starts, the lies, the lies can actually even be more intense. Whew oh, settle down. <sighs> settle down. Make it your life goal just to be able to pay your bills every month. <laughs> yep, call that success. Settle down. Now, by the way, getting your hopes up is risky business. Man, I mean, it's risky. Whew. I, I tell you, the Lord started speaking to me about these things. I said, Nope, uh uh uh. Mm-mm. No, that's, that's, that stuff's too good to be true. I, you know, I, 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 I've been disappointed before. And so, my, my goal, Lord, I, you know, I didn't verbalize this totally, but it was where I was at. I want, my goal is to protect myself from disappointment again. And so, I'm not going to get my beliefs any higher. No, I, I, that's too painful. Too painful. So I'm going to settle. I'm not, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These faith preachers. Yeah, Uh, I'm not going to listen to them. Ha ha. There's two ways to live: you live a hopeless life and never be disappointed. Someone say boo. Boo. Or a hope-filled life with occasional disappointment. Someone say yay. And you get these weapons, you get these weapons, the weapon of laughter. Let, let's just laugh at a few more lies right here. Because once you're able to laugh at some of these, it starts, it's going to start disempowering them. Because we all believe these to a degree. Some of us really believe them. Let's just laugh at this one of the devil's favorite lies. <clears throat> you are a failure. Ha ha. Ha ha. That's Yeah. Let's give it an extra laugh on that one. <laughs> ha ha. How about this one? Things are only going to get worse in your life. Ha, ha, ha. How about this one? Because of how many mistakes you've made in your life, your future has no hope. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha. Your family situation is hopeless. Ha, ha, ha. And for some, you, you're, not, you, you're not ready to laugh at that yet. I understand that. I understand that. You're not ready. No, nope. That's, they just hope. No, it's not hopeless. It may feel hopeless, but it's not. And, and, and you'll get there. You'll get there. Just say, I'll get there. And, and again, there, there's no condemnation for that. It, so, I mean, to, to laugh, it, it's something happens when we're able to laugh. Because, again, to laugh, you have to let go of something. You can't hold on to pessimism, victim mindsets, uh, bitterness, unworthiness and laugh at the same time. You're either going to hold on to one, or you're going to hold on to the other. And Again, it's risky to start letting go. I understand that. It's risky, but it's riskier to not let go. But then here's what, here's what I want to close with. I just want to come back to um, weapons, the weapons of our warfare. God's given us powerful supernatural weapons and the weapon of laughter is powerful. But I just, I just want to go back to the weapon of declarations and what we say. Because I was just thinking about this group of people today and who's watching online. And yeah, and it just, as I'm asking the Lord, who am I talking to? He says, Steve, you're talking to great people today. You're talking to great people. You're talking to people who want to do it right. You're talking to people who are a one belief away from a tipping point. Uh-huh. And, and this, this, this is this, this, this key uh, of actually starting to speak life. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life is in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Most of what I'm experiencing right now is what I said 20 years ago when it was ridiculous. Most of what I'm experiencing in influence, uh, even even in emotions, um, relationships, finances, uh, ideas, favor, whatever, is, is because of what I said 20 years ago. When it, when it was way higher than what I was experiencing. I mean, way higher. And I wasn't saying these things to other people. I wasn't saying, you know, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna write books. I'm an author. I wasn't I wasn't telling. I was telling me. I had to say I was an author before I wrote books. Because you know what? The thing in me, the strongest, the first time I ever said, I'm an author, I write books. the warfare was intense. You can't say that! (laughs) Huh? It's not you! Look at your past! You don't have the ability! You've never done it before! Well, as the Lord said, that's where everybody starts by the way. Ha-ha. Ha-ha. <laughs> you've never done it before. That's not a good lie. The pressure. I started, man, I wanted to, I wanted to, it felt so, ugh. It just felt like, no, but, but I kept at it. I kept at it. Yeah. I, you know, I added, I added declarations to my prayer life. You know, I, I love the different aspects of, of of prayer, you know, hearing and asking. But declaring is so powerful. It's so powerful because when you actually start getting God's promises in your mouth, it says, Romans 10:17 says, faith comes by what? Hearing. hearing. And I'm not waiting for you to say something for me to have faith. And that's why I love worship. I love coming into corporate worship because I hear it and I get faith. But he says, I want you to get faith every day. I want you to get faith every day, and, and and I'll tell you, I'm in the room today with people from who, 20 years from now, what you're going to do is going to astound you. you. what I'm doing right now, it's it, it's it's unbelievable for where I was. I I, I, said, I, and 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 I just say thank thank you, Lord, and I just uh, I want to just use my life as a testimony for people in this room. God's an equal opportunity God. Nobody's past can block their future, but current beliefs can. Nobody's past has the power to stop, but what I conclude based on the past, that becomes the stronghold. And, you know, it's like you start, people say, hey, Steve, how long do I need to radically renew my mind? I say, Start with a five-year plan. Go for five years and radically renew your mind. Say, I'm going to add this to my life, and I'm going to go for it. I'm going to go for it. You don't make a path through a forest by walking through it once. And our brains have strongholds, literal-like pathways in, in our brains based on what we repeatedly accept as thoughts, what we repeatedly come into agreement. And whatever our stronghold is, we're constantly looking for proof to confirm what we already believe is true. So if I believe I don't have favor, if I have a stronghold that says I don't have favor, I'm constantly looking for proof I don't have favor. If I I have a stronghold that believes I'm a victim of, of people's perceptions of me, I'm constantly looking for proof I'm a victim of people's perceptions of me. If I have a stronghold that America's going down the tubes, I will only see evidence. I will only see things that prove what I believe. But just because I, and I won't even see the other things. And we just say, thank you, Lord, that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds. They're getting pulled down. They're getting pulled down. Just say, they're getting pulled down. And we demolish arguments. You know, we're we're argument demolishers. We just, ah man, the argument. The greatest argument is the argument of past experience. Argues with the truth of God, constantly arguing with me. It's getting demolished. And, you know, on our table out there, we've got a, a declaration list. I've got books out there. You're crazy if you don't talk to yourself. Declarations. I've got a, a bunch of others. We have a, a, I believe, do we have, Josh, we have that handout list for declarations? Yep. We've got a, a, a list out there of just, if you don't know what to say, you say, you know, I, you know, I, I dare you to do an experiment. Matter of fact, I double dare you. <laughs> Is there a triple dog dare? Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. A triple dog dare you. To say declarations morning and night, if you've never done it, morning and night for a month and see what happens. Read through the list we've got if you need something else. Our website, ignitinghope.com, we got so many declarations on there, I'm surprised the website hasn't even crashed with how many we got. But we have to say something higher than what we're experiencing to demolish the stronghold of experience. You guys good? I feel fire. I feel belief fire. And I just say thank you, Lord, for a supernatural impartation. Somebody got hope today. Somebody. Somebody got some vision today. Somebody got some belief fire. And the people in this room are going to change the world you receive the message say I receive it I'll never be the same again something happened in me today it was supernatural it's gonna increase it's gonna influence the nations I'm important in what God's doing I'm a key player in worldwide revival I've got what it takes. I am who God says I am. Something's happening in me. I'm getting belief fire. My hope level's increasing. My influence is increasing. And I like it. Amen. Give God thanks. Give him praise. Thank you, Lord. Why don't you just give him a shout? Yeah! Woo! The walls are coming down. Wow. Wow. My, oh, my. Ha, ha. There's some fire in the back. You know, just... Well... I got a great team. I wanna give them a few minutes and they've got some things. They've got fire shut up in their bones. So once you guys come